Yo, what up? And welcome to another episode of Straight From The Stands, an unapologetic, unofficial LA Galaxy podcast, hosted by four Five My supporters who bring you the thoughts and views on everything related to LA Galaxy, Straight From The Stands. I am your co-host, Smarts, alongside the always angry angel, his counterpart, level-headed George, and the man with the facts, Masa. Or this is Straight From The what Stands. What up, y'all? Another fucking morning Damn, this is Yeah, this is two morning pods within a week. Yep. Uh, listen... How you guys doing? Which was the other morning pod? Jella. Uh, Yella. That was a sweet. Oh, that was. That was oh, weird. Yeah. That was like, was that was like, really that was like break a dawn. Listen, I was up at five. I was up at five. I'm okay doing this, but five in the morning. Uh, I was up like five minutes before before we started. No, fucking true. Uh, listen, but in a fucked up situation like 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 we're living in lockdown, but I'll be able to see you guys. But I'll be able to go to Galaxy game. We have been. I'm locked up. <laughs> we've been granted this great opportunity to do this type of content, and I'm super grateful for everybody we interview, anybody who we're gonna interview coming up, uh, and and you guys, like our, our audience, our family, like appreciate you guys like fucking with us and and, and giving us this avenue. I just want to start off by saying that, just because like I'm super grateful uh, that we've been doing this and we've gotten to do this. Uh, so. Big shout the out to all you guys. Is crazy. Yeah, man. Like, listen, three years ago, do you imagine ever doing some shit like this? When we yeah, first started stupid yeah. podcast, now, even now, sometimes doing these podcasts, I, I kind of see, and it's like, damn, I'm really having a conversation yeah. with Murs. I'm having a conversation yeah. with Yella. I'm in some Murs music on. videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. listen, it's like crazy. And a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot, a hundred percent of this is, is due to to our community, to the Galaxy family. So big shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for fucking with us and, and giving us the opportunity to do all this shit. Um, this one came through shit talking though. What happened? <laughs> oh yeah, shout out to George. Uh, look, yeah. I, I know you talk a lot of shit, but this time it was it was worth it, dog. Good shit, dog. But, but, but listen, yeah. like, like the community gives us validation. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he gets. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, who, who, I'm sure who we're gonna interview today. You know, I mean, the cat's out the bag. We interviewed her today. Uh, I'm sure he gets a lot of a lot of a lot of tweets similar to the one yeah. that you give out. But the community gives validation. I don't and, understand. And, I legit don't understand why we put so much energy to uh, whatever. That's a different story. We'll uh, talk about that some other time. But you know, for all further ado, today we get a chance to talk to Hercules Gomes for a little bit. We got an hour with him uh, because you know my man is actually on air, so he he, he doesn't have the time to fuck with us uh, as much as we want to. But we try to make it a we try to try to make it a good interview and. Getting some questions, find out a little bit more about him. Getting some questions that the community wants to listen to. Um, check it out. Yes, sir. Yo, Hurt, welcome to the show, straight from the stands. Thanks, right, so thanks for, for having us, me, guys. Uh, yeah, listen, thanks for coming on board. You, you're, you're one of the interviews that uh, that people wanted for all kinds of reasons, right? Um, <laughs> we'll get into it but you know let, let, let's let's kick this off by by talking about who you who you are and where you came from and all that uh vegas you're originally from vegas right yeah i uh, grew up in vegas i was born actually in you're LA. in oxnard right yeah i was i was born in yeah. la and, and i lived in oxnard for quite a bit my grandmother who recently passed away uh, not too long ago was still in oxnard probably like her whole life so it's, it's crazy i still got ventura county ties um, but I was raised in Vegas up until like 10 to 18 years old and then I left and I just been nomading about, man. Uh, this is yeah, what this right? career would do to you, but yeah, yeah, Vegas is still home. My family's out there in Henderson, uh, everybody. And I'm talking about everybody, oh, yeah. mother, father, my, my brother's a cop now there, my sisters and, and brothers, they, they work in the hotel industry. So uh, tourism and all that stuff. So Vegas ties for sure. 
And, and I'm curious, how, how are they handling it right now? Sorry, Rudy. How are they handling it right now? Because um, my dad lives out there in Vegas, too, and he's like, the strip is completely shut down. Like, everything yeah. is, is quiet, which is, uh, it's crazy, right? It's something for, for being, yeah, for being Vegas. Yep. How, how yeah. How's your family handling it? Yeah, man, thanks for asking. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing uh, as well as they could. You know, obviously, my parents are, are older now, so we're doing everything in our power to keep them secluded and, and, you know, make sure they're comfortable with whatever they may need, whether it's groceries or any type of, you know, help with anything. Um, and I'm the oldest of five. So there's four in Vegas right now that are helping and they've got their kids and they're helping their grandparents any way they can, trying to keep them as safe as possible. So it's it's good, man. Listen, these are these are trying times. Yeah, unprecedented, right? Yeah, unprecedented. Like, there's nobody who's going to tell you that they've been through anything like this uh, unless they were around in the polio years. You know, the, the pol- black plague. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is something we're going to re- remember for the rest of our lives. We're going to tell our grandkids about, our great-grandkids about. It, it, it's, you know, scary because it's unknown. Um, and, and, yeah, Vegas is, is shut down like many other parts of the country are shut down right now I, I, at the expense of getting political. I'm sure you guys saw... The mayor, Mayor Carolyn Goodwin, a um, uh, mm-hmm. of, of Las Vegas, uh, go on Anderson Cooper and mm-hmm. kind of say everything she has to say. And it makes you like worried, like, holy, wow, like if our politicians don't know what's going on, if they can't figure this out, where are we heading? And Vegas is just like anywhere else right now. It's it's uh, it's at a standstill. And until it's safe enough for us to resume, we just got to listen to the proper authorities. You know, it, yeah. And, uh, I know you mentioned that your brother's uh, MMA. Well, no, your brother's in Vegas. He used to be an MMA fighter, right? Yeah. Is he still brother, doing that out there? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's still out in Vegas. He's in Henderson as well. My whole family's in Henderson, um, which is a suburb of Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my brother had a pretty good MMA career, and UFC comes about and finally has his weight division. And by that time, he was already on his latter years, and he had a few fights in the UFC. But my brother was no joke. Tiachi Palace, two-time champion for his division. Uh, I. I do a show in, in on ESPN Deportes in Espanol, and you know I, I do a lot of combate, a lot of sports like yeah, yeah. like uh, boxing yeah. and UFC. And anytime we come across a UFC fighter, you know it's funny how the circles kind of have cro- or have intertwined before. And if I mention my brother, like yeah, yeah, I know Yuli and this and that, yeah. and it's pretty crazy. But well, coming yeah. out of Oxnard, you have those boxing roots. That's Oxford right. Huge for boxing. Yeah. La Colonia Gym. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, you know yep. your boxing, bro. Uh, oh right. yeah. Oxnard's big on a few things. It's uh, it's boxing, it's frutas like fruit picking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 and it's it's Parque del Sol where they had a huge amateur like soccer kind of uh, upbringing that I was exposed to, and that's really how I you know fell in love with the game. Let, let, let's move on. To, is is that how you uh how you eventually get looked at by uh, Cruz Azul's academy? Is that how that no. comes about? No, I was I was in Vegas and and uh, I was 18 years old and and. Didn't have any serious offers from, you know, universities or anything like that. And uh, I felt I could play. And, you know, it was like my dad knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody yeah, yeah. who knows somebody. Yeah. Type of works, yeah. I went to a tryout in Pachuca, third division Pachuca. And this was before Pachuca was Pachuca when they were just back in first division trying to make a name for themselves. And you, what you guys got to understand about Pachuca, Pachuca today has the best facilities in all of Mexico yeah, and maybe the world. <laughs> It's insane. Like, La Universidad, they have, it's a university, so to speak. Uh, it's a football university. They've, they've got 
facilities and installations like nobody else in the world that I've seen. And I've been to the new Arsenal ones. I've been to the Spanish Federation facilities. I've seen all the facilities in the States. I've seen a majority of in Mexico, in Latin America. I, I, I've never seen one like Pachuca. It's insane. But back then, all it was was a little mini warehouse. And in this warehouse, you could probably fit in 60 to 80, maybe 100 people tops. And on each side of the warehouse, they had bunk beds. And I'm talking about like one after the other of bunk beds on each side lined up against the wall. And there was a small cafeteria. And then there was the showers. That was their Fuerzas Basicas or their program, so to speak, back then. It was miserable. There was two fields to train on. It was Pachuca. And if you've ever been to Pachuca, there's not much. It's windy. It's cold. It's hot. It's rainy. It's snowy. And this is all on the same day. It's a vacation. You know, so it, yeah, it, it's insane. Uh so things didn't go well in that tryout, uh, but luckily there was, a, there was a scout there from Cruz Azul. Uh, I think we we're playing a farm team that they brought over or whatever, and uh, he, he asked me what the situation was and where I was from and this and that. And before I knew it, I went to Cruz Azul, and I stayed there for about four or five months, pretty much just training. I never really signed with them, but they nice enough to put me up and – you know, the team facilities for the Fuerzas Básicas, and I got the yeah. East, been trained there. It's a great exposure. Dope. And, and you're and in the main city, too, right? I'm sorry? You were in the main city? You went from Pachuca to the capital? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're you're now next to La Noria. You're in the Xochimilco area. Um, and, and that was an experience in itself, you know, uh, being in Mexico City. And people don't understand sometimes what it takes to be a professional athlete to achieve your dreams. And I remember we would train relatively close to where I lived in this Casa Club that was called El Museo. And the reason it was called El Museo, the muse museum is because it was behind a museum mm. and we'd walk the training, which was like two blocks, no problem. But about two times a week, sometimes more, we had to go to these training fields in Xochimilco. And to get there, I would have to take the Metro, which is a subway. Shh. I take the metro, I would take a bus, I would take a combi, which is like those little mini uh, VW, yeah. it's like the VW vans, yeah. stuffed yeah. with like 30 people. Uh, and then I would walk, I don't know how many miles to get to this training facility. It was a process. It took me like a So your warm-up, you're basically doing a warm-up. Yeah, hour and a half each way just to go train. Uh, and I'm not signed on the team at this point, you know, I'm training on my own and, and doing my own thing, trying to trying to make it so it's it's difficult out there but listen man i enjoyed it those are some of the craziest things that happened to me and some of the most rewarding and you're you're how old at this time like give me give me a, i just turned 38 uh no you mean during that time yeah. that. oh it's 20 years ago i was 18 wow yeah Sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. Don't worry, Rudy's your age. That's okay. No, listen, yeah. kind of, sort of, almost. <laughs> um, <laughs> dope, man. And then, uh, so that doesn't work out. You go to uh, Gauchos in San Diego? No. No? No, actually, from there, um, I had done well enough where, at Cruz Azul where people were like, you know, nice to me. And they're like, hey, if you want to play, uh, there's – I heard there's a new team starting up in Puebla, um, Alcones Blancas uh, – Blancos uh, – no, Alcones Blancas de Puebla. It was something like that. I don't even remember the team name. Uh, it was something so crazy. And it had nothing to do with Puebla, the first division team. Right. And the team trained in Puebla, but it played in Mexico in Tecamachalco, which is an outskirt of Mexico City. Mm. And uh, I went there. 
uh, signed my first contract, professional contract, and I still have it. I have it somewhere lying around. It's in it's That's in a sick. box, but it's it's in this uh, scrapbook and it's laminated and it's my okay. contract. Yeah. And it's the first pestle that I made off of it. So it's 200 pestles uh, that I still have that I made in my first professional deal. I got paid 400 pesos a month. That would be the equivalent today of like $16. Yeah. And from the time that you went to Mexico to when you signed your first contract, how long was that time with you not even earning a, a, a dollar? How long did you have to grind it out before you ever signed that first contract? Seven months, probably seven months. But it, listen, even even when I got that contract, it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I made, I did my dream. I said I played professional soccer, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's difficult out there. It's um, sometimes it's very difficult. And back then, it was equipos afiliados, so yeah. teams that were affiliated with these first division teams, the Cruz Azules, the Morelias, the Pueblas, the Americas, Chivas. Y no afiliados, these teams who had a right to kind of get promoted, but it was a crazy system. I mean, to get promoted in third division Mexico, second division Mexico, it's these regional things. And then you go national and there are like 300 teams to try to get promoted to like what is the second division. And it gets it's very diluted and very difficult for these players to really make it out. So uh, I was frustrated, man. Uh, I told the coach uh, and the ownership group I didn't want to be there anymore and I want to leave. I want to go back to the States and I want to study. And they gave me my player card, tu carta, which is like your, you know, let's FIFA know that you are free now to go wherever and do whatever you want. You, you don't have any ties to this team. Yeah, you're and right, that, basically, right? Yeah, exactly. Player rights. And that's when I went to uh, back to Vegas, kind of tell between my legs and wanted to be done with it. And uh, a friend um, saw this tryout. I don't even know if it was online or a flyer or what is in San Diego. He's like, let's go, man. Let's just do it. So we drove out the same day. I remember being under the weather, not feeling well, uh, driving out the same day, getting there, paying my $50 registration fee, uh, and then doing the worst trial or worst piece of like an event planning I've ever seen in my life. It felt like there was 500 people there and it was two fields. And wow. They were, yeah, they were really oh. smart about what they did. And I'm sure this is a, a tactic that now made a lot of major league soccer clubs who who do these open tryouts uh, to kind of promote within the amateur side of the game um, do. But they just had us run sprints. It's a fitness testing first. And it weeded out a lot of people. So if you didn't if you couldn't pass the fitness test, they were like, How do you expect us to look at you? How do you expect us to how do you expect us to think you can play here? Which is smart. By yeah. that over half dropped. And uh, as the day kept progressing, I was doing well. And before I knew it, I got a phone call from the general manager and coach of the San Diego Gauchos. And he was like, hey, uh, would you like to come play for the Gauchos? And uh, that's what happened, man. I played for the Gauchos. I made $500 a month, slept on somebody's couch, and they gave me a coaching job on the side. I mean, at least you got more money, right? 19 years old, $500 yeah. in my pocket. And a coaching job. I was happy. And to live in San Diego, bro. I was yeah. happy. Yeah. All right. Listen, I know we're in a time constraint because you're a busy man. Get me through Gauchos and how you end up with the LA Galaxy, how they look at you. Talk to me about that. That's that's easy, man. Uh, Gauchos New Club, USL D3, formed a, punch, a sponsorship with the LA Galaxy. So we played okay. exhibition game at the Rose Bowl. The year was 2002. 
and we got smashed. It was like seven to one. It was so bad that Matt Reese even scored on us. He might have had two goals. Was, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Wait, so how did that curious? How did that happen? Did they put him forward, or he just happened to boot it from the back? Matt, have you guys ever seen Matt Reese with his feet? The guy is legit. Yeah. I know. I talks about Nick Romando, but hold up a second. Matt Reese has a legitimate, legitimate gripe when it comes to being arguably the league's best goalkeeper with his feet ever. And I'm talking about Campos too, eh? Campos, yeah. Nick Romando, Matt Reese is up there. He used to, in the locker room, he would strip down naked and he would play soccer <laughs> tennis against the tall and he would smash everybody naked and barefoot playing soccer tennis. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have so to ask good. him about this one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. He's and also one of the greatest people you will ever meet. He is quality people. But anyways, he mopped us up, scored I think one or two goals. Uh, I ended up scoring the goal for us. I was 19 years old, and you guys know how uh, Major League Soccer was back then. If you wanted to come play for Major League Soccer, like uh, any team, the Galaxy, for example, you had to go the route of university, college, and yeah. you did your three to yeah. four years, and you get drafted. So the Youngest guys on the team were, for example, Chai Bardalis, Alejandro Moreno, uh, and myself. And those guys are like 23 years old. I'm 19. So uh, Ralph Perez, the assistant coach at that time for Siggy Schmidt, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. He comes up to me and he goes, how old are you? And I'm uh, 19. And he goes, where are you from? You know, what's your story? You give him a story. And he's like, all right, we'll keep watching you. Long story short, season ended. I scored something like 17 goals that season for the Gauchos and – and uh, they were like, hey, we want you to come up and, and do a tryout. I think Chai Bardalis had just torn his ACL. Uh, and Weston McKinney and I were brought up. Um, he was in Portland at the time, I believe. And two-week tryout, they said, we want to sign you to do a mental contract. And this was August, come October, Wait, so November. did you try out with Weston McKinney for the Galaxy? He, he, was, he was already there. Weston was already kind of guaranteed. He was part of the Galaxy, and they loaned him out to Portland. Mm. Um, so he got drafted – he got drafted by the Galaxy, loaned out to Portland, killed it that season with Portland, came back, you know, got recalled from his loan. I did the tryout, made the team. And that was in August. By November, we had played the Open Cup final, lost to Columbus, and we had won MLS Cup, uh, beat the Revolution 1-0 at New England. So that was that was oh, my yeah. first not really doing anything, you know, MLS Cup champion. That, not, hmm. a bad, not, not a bad way to start. Uh, listen, so tell me, tell me what that means. What that means to you, right? Uh, you, you, up to this point, you had, you know, a pretty crazy road where, where you're trying different things. You know, out in Mexico, you know, in USL. What does it mean to you? Like now you're in MLS, right? And I get it. 2002, maybe MLS is not the most exciting thing. It's not what it is today for sure. Uh, but what does that mean to you? Like you're, you now you're you're with the MLS. Oh, team. everything. It was everything back then. Uh, it was validation. It was validation of all the hard work, yeah. sacrifice, struggle that I had been through, all the different trying out of different teams and, and you know, knocking on doors and, and training sessions by myself and, and the mental battles. It was validation of that. So that, that, that felt good. And also it felt good to get some money in my pocket. You know, we won MLS yeah. Cup and it yeah, was like no $10,000 bonus. Yeah. You know, I was, making, <laughs> I was making 850 gross a month to live in, 860, excuse me, gross a month to live in California. So it was a very welcomed little bonus. So yeah, you, you get yeah, this. I imagine you get MLS Cup and everything, and then you get a big injury, right? You get a you get a broken leg. Right, I broke my fifth metatarsal the next season. Um, LA Gal, I was 20 years old. LA Galaxy wanted me to play more. You're not going to play. Uh, I believe we're. Uh, this was actually. I'm sorry. I got 2003. I got waived 
by the Galaxy. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, I lied. I played my first minutes with the Galaxy. I came on as a sub against Kansas City on the road in an overtime game. We had overtime back then. I'm 19 oh, years yeah. old. And I remember that it was golden goal. And I touched the ball once in those five minutes. And the very next play, they come right back down our throat and score. And that was my professional debut. I played five minutes. That's all I played <laughs> that season. But I'm 19 years old, so I'm like, whatever. The following preseason, uh, I get waived by the Galaxy. And I end up going back to San Diego, played USL with the Gauchos. I played indoor with the San Diego Soccers. Mm, um, that's cool. Was coaching at the same time. That team folded the San Diego Soccers, which had a, like a rich tradition, all of a sudden folded because of some shady owner and penny stock and that he bought the team in in this crazy situation with finances. Um, went back to Vegas again, and it was Ralph Perez who, who called me, and he's like, hey, Siggy's no longer with the team, and Steve Sampson's there, and you know, uh, I think uh, you should go and try out for them. I'm like, ah, dude, I'm done trying out. I don't, nah, dude, I, I got to do something else in my life. I'm, I'm 21 right now. I'm going to be 22, literally in a few months. I got to do something else, Steve, uh, uh, Ralph. And he goes, don't be stupid. Is this 05? <laughs> this is this is 05, heading into 05. And he goes, don't be stupid. And and he goes, just it's there if you want it. And I remember calling my club coach who's like my best friend when he was 22 i was 10 years old and he coached me from 10 years old to about 18 mm. with a bunch wow. of other kids in vegas so me and like nine ten of the kids grew up together from we were a little they're my best friends to this day and uh i told him about the situation and he goes herky what are you doing man he, he's a partner at pwc right now and his name's frank and he goes he goes what are you doing man i would trade everything i have right now financially and my job title to go back to go back and have the chance to play one season as a professional you've got a chance to play right now and keep a career going do it man and he goes oh yeah and i was like dude it's gonna be expensive to play for the galaxy and i just said it that way and i was like i doubt they'll give me a regular contract this and that and he goes come live with me and i said what and he goes it's just me and my wife in manhattan beach right now we have no kids we've got extra space the house come live they with were at the el segundo location then i take it yeah and now they're in manhattan beach bro they're like they're like a few blocks away from from the beach in the heart of Manhattan Beach, downtown That's Manhattan insane. Beach. And I was like, all right, came down, lived with them, and, and had uh, the time of my life that season. Bet, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, come on, don't underestimate me. Come on, that was a double season. Yeah, we. Well, the thing, the funny yeah. thing is, the funny thing is, um, I didn't have anything. So I was literally on tryout, and I was already kind of pissed because I'm on tryout. I felt, you know, in a way, disrespected. But the coach didn't know me. This right. team was different. There was a few guys who who knew me from from back then. You know, uh, Kevin Hartman, Pete Bahanas, um, who else? Who else? Kobe, uh, Kobe, Kobe uh, Jones, Raúl, the equipment manager. There was yeah. a few people in that organization yeah. that already knew me. Um, so when this chance comes about, you know, I, I do well enough where I earn a senior developmental contract, which is something like twelve hundred dollars a month gross. You're still a developmental player. You're not part of the official roster, so to speak. And um, that was the first year of the Reserve League. And I remember getting a few games in the Reserve League, scoring one or two goals, uh, more games in the Reserve League, scoring some more goals. And now we're in June, and I'm still not really playing, and I'm kind of getting frustrated, but I'm doing well in these Reserve games. I'm doing well at training sessions. Landon goes to Gold Cup. Jovan goes to Gold Cup. Uh, Albright goes to Gold Cup. Tyrone Marshall goes to Gold Cup. You know, 
and so on and so on and so on. We have a few injuries. We've got guys who aren't producing. You know, Naldo uh, Conceição. Yeah, he he wasn't. He was a Brazilian guy who came. He wasn't really producing. So they gave me a shot, and before I know it, it's I get an assist. You know, my yeah, I get an assist on. Uh, july 4th game against uh the revolution at home um and then the next game i play i get a goal and then the next game i play i get two goals coming off the bench against chivas usa our rivals and before i know it you know it's to the point all right let me backtrack the first game i start at home is against real madrid it was a string of friendlies that started all that is the icc and all these competitions That's you try to score the yeah original i remember huh yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's, fun. it's crazy. Out. Exactly. Iker Casillas, Zidane, Figo, Robinho, Michael yeah. Lowen, David Beckham. Like the list goes on yeah. and on. And Aguti, like goes, it, right? Yeah. The the real yeah, like Ronaldo. Yeah. You know. Talk about your moment with the uh, Zidane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I forgot who stole the ball. I think it might have been Paulo Nagamora stole the ball um, from Zidane probably, and he played it to me. And instead of me using my speed, because I was really fast back then. Uh, the defender backed off, and I saw an opportunity to shoot, even though it was from like 35-40, and I shot, and it was a crazy dipping shot. I think I caught Iker off guard, and if it's on frame, it's going in. I've got no doubt about it. Yeah. I, I smashed it pretty hard, and it goes wide, but like by inches, and I'm like, oh, and I'm backpedaling like hand, you know, over my mouth, like holy shit. And as I'm backpedaling, I step on somebody. I look over, and I'm like, I'm sorry. And I realized it was Zidane. I was like, I just stepped on God. I stepped on a football You know, that is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, talk to me real quick about winning winning a MLS Cup and then getting the 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 goal winning the the goal winning. Yeah, the goal winning for a fucking Lamar Hunt. Sorry, Sorry, sometimes really struggles with English. I apologize. Listen, it's 10.55 in the morning. It's, it's way way earlier than my wake-up time recording. So, <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah, talk to me about that, about those two events. All right, so the Open Cup game happened first. Um, yeah. Family's in town. I've been getting plenty of minutes, and uh, I'm going to start this game against Dallas. And this was... Now FC Dallas, they're no longer the Dallas Burn. They're Dallas FC Burn. Dallas. That's right. Um, they got Carlos Ruiz, who's a El Viejo Conocido. He's a guy that you know we know very well. He was actually that preseason. He was still with us in LA. He was still with us in the Galaxy. I remember going to Europe. We went somewhere in Europe, and uh, he was my roommate. Uh, so he's he's still okay. with us. Yeah, he's still with us uh, in preseason. Goes to uh, Dallas for that trade that was Landon Donovan. So uh, he had he actually didn't play that game, if I remember correctly. He had some sort of issue with his hamstring. He didn't play that game, luckily for us, because he's a baller. Um, but uh, it's early in the in the first half, and it's funny because anytime people see that goal, they're like, "Man, MLS games really struggled back then," because they see like empty stands behind the goal. And I have to explain it to them, like, "No, I mean, yes." They did struggle back then, but no. Uh, also, you have to keep in mind that the university, it was a midweek game, and they put a cap on the number of people that can come in yeah. midweek. So we were only allowed to sell, I believe, 10,000 tickets, and they sold them, but none of those fans were behind the goal that I ended up scoring the scissor kick on. <laughs> so it's like it's like a great goal and whatnot. Uh, Not good behind the reel. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like we're playing behind closed doors, bro. It looks like there's yeah. <laughs> all over us. So, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, a, a good goal, a great moment for us. We ended up winning. Uh, I do recall after this game, Tim Lightwicky, who was the president at the time of yeah. the team, he 
he comes into the locker room, and I believe he's on crutches. I don't know why he was on crutches. I, I, for, I forget. He might have hurt his he leg. Get you guys Laker tickets. Right. He says, if you guys <laughs> yeah, win the that. if you guys win MLS Cup, along with this Open Cup, we're going to give you Laker tickets. Not just any Laker tickets. We're going to buy you guys a team suite. So I am, like, bro, like <laughs> for the season too, right? He, I think he mentioned season for the entire season. Of course, the season, and 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 yeah, listen, man, I'm a young guy in LA, so anything free, I'm all about all the right word. Oh yeah, five, Lakers. I mean, to the day, oh, like, you know what I mean? Lakers. Tell me to the day. Tell the me. And this is the, this is the funny thing about that. That I mean, we ended up going to win MLS Cup, and we'll get there in a bit. But when you get to enjoy the 06 suite, the Lakers suite. I went to as many games as humanly possible. Okay. The only games that there was really a rule of like a cap of who can go and you know how we were going to allocate the tickets was like the the Christmas game, you know, yeah. and, and oh, the game right. that. but the rest of them were fair game and we could all go. And sometimes we'd be able to bring like our friends and family. It was awesome. It was dope. I remember one day I'm like hung over from the night before um, and, and and I forgot I forgot exactly what I did the day before or whatever. I'm tired. I don't want to go. Uh, they're playing Toronto. I'm like, I'm not going to go. They're playing Toronto. Oh. I'm not going. All I know is I turn on the news and it's like Kobe Bryant goes off. Points. Oh, <laughs> man, you missed the, that. Yeah, the 81-point game. or It was 81 or 82. I forget. But it was 81. 81. Yeah, and he goes off, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you idiot. <laughs> Yeah. That is funny. That, that, that is funny. Uh, man, th- that's super dope. You finally get a crack at the U.S. Men's National Team. Right? You, you get this crack at the National Team. Uh, I do and I don't. I do and I don't. Hold on. Yeah. Hey, wait second really quick. Before we get there, MLS Cup, you still did, you oh. talked about Lamar Hunt. We didn't talk about MLS Cup. Talk to us about MLS Cup because everyone wants to know if you really felt that you were offside on that goal. And, you know, that, that no question came no up a few times. There's no chance I, I agree. Outside. You think, you think hey. Bar would have, uh, would, have, would have turned that back? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's no chance I was offside. I remember Todd Donovan and I talking about it after the game because Todd had this unbelievable ability of playing a ball over distance that as a left back that I've only seen out of two other people. And that's Jeff Agus and Greg Vanny, you know, on the U.S. men's national team scale. He he could ping a ball, drive a ball over a long distance, and he was so good about reading the run. So I knew that if I just made a hard, crisp run, he would find me. And he yeah. found me, and I don't even know why I shot it. I honestly probably shouldn't have shot it. I should have cut back and tried playing Landon, who was ridiculous that whole playoff. Uh, but I shot it, and it was perfect. Matt Reese couldn't do anything. He just kind of kind of hopped, one step hopped, and looked over his head and watched it go in. The New England defense never once, you know, the, the one like, no, 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 it's offsides. We know it's offsides. Yeah. They didn't even once hesitate. They were already head down. I was already celebrating, yeah. running over to me. I couldn't believe when it was called offsides. I've got no doubt that today, in today's term, that would have been questionable and gone to review. Um, but I, I know, I know when it's close. It wasn't close. It was not close at all. And I believe it was Eric Winalda on the call with JP Della Camera, maybe. They didn't even talk about it. They didn't replay it. I was like, wow, what's going on here? Not even like yeah. – it, it was that – it kind of happened obvious. that fast. Yeah. yeah. You, you Listen, it, it, that must have been a heartbreak. That must have been a heartbreak. I know you had to get on with the game, but there had to be a heartbreak. Uh, you know. How you, many times did you see that replay after that game? Well, that's the thing. They didn't show the replay at all. There was no replay. So that was it. 
That was it. That, like, when I mentioned that to the production team of the Galaxy, and they were like, hey, we're going to talk about MLS Cup and this and that, and they sent the highlights of that game. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a <laughs> second. <laughs> <laughs> well, where's the highlight of this goal? And they're like, yeah. cool. And they're like, oh, all right, cool. And then Kobe was there. I see how it is. I see how it is. Kobe was there. He's like, yeah, yeah, for sure that happened. That's that's funny. Listen, you guys ended up winning the cup. Take it. Uh, but yeah, let, let, that's why I'm wearing this jersey today. We, we get the double. Too. We get the double for the first time. Oh yep. five, we get the Lamar Hunt and the MLS cut. Yeah, which was, listen, everybody remembers a double, but people don't remember how we got into the playoffs. We we went from first last to fourth. seed, right? Yeah, last oh, day of the awesome. season. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this goal of Dwayne De Rosario. He hits this banger on the Galaxy yep. and it bends over like yep. three players. Yep. That was the last day of the season. I'm one of the guys in that wall. He scores a freaking golazo, like insane golazo. And yep. that they, they trounced us at home. It literally sent us from, like, I think tied for first to fourth. And it made them go up to first. Yep. So it made us play them in the first round of the playoffs. Um, and we really weren't having a great season. Steve Sanson had all kinds of yeah, pressure. Yeah, it was a roller coaster ride for sure. Yes, yes. Steve Sanson had all kinds of pressure. Um, you know, Landon's first season, there were there was still that San Jose Galaxy mistrust by a lot of fans. You know what Listen, I mean? Listen, yeah. I was on that boat. Yeah. I, and I've been on that boat record for saying this, and people give me shit for it, that I can still make an argument as to why if you're a, a Galaxy evangelist right like we are especially me i i can argue that maybe land Donovan should not be in in the greatest of, of all time for the uh, galaxy for that specific ooh, reason no, that's I, a big, I, I, I can no, make boy, arguments yeah. right but yeah. i'm saying it's, it's, not, gonna, it's not gonna hold true but of course <laughs> listen, listen I, I could i could i get it i get it but i i have a personal hate for san jose that yeah. there's certain right. things i can't and everyone knows oh. this this is a, a personal thing so it, it, right. listen i i get it 100 percent i'm i he isn't we had this conversation on the pod he is in my greatest of all time for sure. In, in that list, I'm just saying that I, I could make a small argument. Yeah, asterisks on it. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Well, I'm not going to deny that. Here's the argument that I think you should be making: is given the circumstances, like that deal today wouldn't probably go down. I mean, you you take one of the best players the U.S. has at the moment, and you change him from a team that he's already won championships with. To another team that's their rival, and you give that team yeah. the Galaxy's best player away to a different team. Yeah. Yep. Listen, the circumstances surrounding it make it very murky, and it wouldn't happen today. But definitely, there there's there's understandment for for how people could see that as being a terrible move, this and that. But I mean, we've got the benefit. Well, if of it the, happened today, it'd be a, a, yeah bigger questions. Listen, it'd be all listen, over the news. Yeah. Listen, if David Stern, God rest his soul, rest in peace, if he was the commissioner for the MLS at the time, he would have vetoed that trade. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> trade, he yeah, yeah, he would have vetoed that trade. Uh, listen, I, 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 we do have some questions, and we do want to get into some some stuff that's you know more relevant today. But I have to ask this, right? Uh, after after the Galaxy, you're you go to you you you've been places you know what I mean like you know you you hopped around uh especially Mexico peaks valleys the whole nine uh give me a recap of, of what life after the galaxy especially in Mexico is like life after the galaxy <clears throat> excuse me was difficult in major league soccer because I went from not knowing how good I had it um and new stadium and, and you know and you guys will know what I'm talking about when I played for the Galaxy, you always heard from around the league, fans in particular, 
oh, it's for the galaxy, so of course the league will make this happen, <laughs> this and that, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, Listen. come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, mm-hmm. come on, you know? But then you get outside of the galaxy, and you're like, holy shit, man, the galaxy <laughs> had it nice. They got, they got all the ballers. They got a brand-new facility. Uh, the town, the town, you know, supports them. The team matters in, in L.A., you know, that kind of thing. You're like, damn, and now I go to Colorado, and even though we're opening a brand-new stadium, that – allure of the brand new stadium only lasts so long mm-hmm. uh we don't have big time star players we don't have the attention la has et cetera, et cetera. you go to kansas i'm playing the community america ballpark it's a double a baseball field we're yeah. getting about 10, yeah I remember that a game um it, it's difficult and you don't realize how good you have it until you leave so that was difficult uh and also because my best years in that moment in the major league soccer with the galaxy. And I felt grossly underpaid. Uh, mm. I was team MVP of a team that won the double. Uh, I was scoring goals. I was, you know, having relatively good seasons, getting the national team coaches. eye, Copa America, whatnot. And I'm making 52 grand a year. Um, so I felt grossly under underpaid. And then I leave Kansas city, not because I wanted to, but because it was a shit offer. Uh, I leave on a free yeah. by myself in Puebla and in my first season in Puebla, man, things happen so fast <clears throat> that, um, excuse me, you good? It happened so fast that I really didn't know how to respond to it. Uh, I'm scoring goals. I'm getting national, international attention. My name's in papers. My name's on, you know, being said on TV, on the radio. I've never experienced attention like this at any level. And this is while at Puebla. Puebla is by no means a huge club, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I end up winning the goal scoring title and it's like, I'm getting offers. I'm getting crazy offers in Europe. I'm getting crazy offers in, in Mexico. I made $55,000 for the five months that I was in Puebla. Okay. How big, how big do you think Puebla was for your 2010, uh, world cup? Cat. It was everything. I wasn't in the picture until that happened. I, I didn't play one single uh, World Cup qualifier, one single minute, one single game. <clears throat> I didn't get one single call up. That put me on the map and gave me an opportunity to get into the 30 man camp for the World Cup. Um, you know, and and that was that was Charlie Davies. Uh, he had the crash. His car crash. His unfortunate yeah, car accident. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it, it gave it opened a possibility for for Edson Buttle, for Robbie Finley and myself of, of coming in. And we thought it was going to be one of us. It turned out being all three of us. Yeah, you know? three. Uh, Brian Ching, Eddie Johnson didn't make it. So it, it was uh, it was everything that, that Pueblo turned. But I went from making 55K um, for that season, that's those five months at Puebla, to getting sold for 1.5 uh, to go into Pachuca. You know, I finally got money in my pocket, got a nice little bonus, got a nice little salary, made it to the World Cup. Pachuca, right? Because right. you I, were there originally, yeah. They had they had me for free, and then they had to pay 1.5 for me, so that felt great. And then yeah. you know, go to a club World Cup with Pachuca. I mean, yeah. that year alone, oh yeah, uh, yeah, it was like you pull together all the money I had made as a professional, you know, gross. I out doubled it net that year alone, and it felt amazing. It felt like I'm, I'm finally I'm here. This is what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. This is what it's supposed to feel like. Excuse me. Yeah, no, 100. percent Uh, World Cup 2010. What is that? Yeah. Like? I mean, it's a World Cup, right? Uh, for anybody, listen, anybody who ever played soccer, no matter what level it is, right? That's the ultimate dream, like playing in the that's World the Cup. That's the pinnacle. Right? Yeah. What, yeah. what is that? Like, talk, talk to me about 2010 World Cup. So, 
I always, I'm a Vegas kid, and I always refer to it as house money. Mm-hmm. Um, if mm-hmm. I didn't play one single minute at the World Cup, I'm fine. I made it to a World Cup. But then yeah. it's like, wouldn't it be nice to play one minute to say I played <laughs> in the World Cup? I played yeah. in the World Cup. <laughs> and the first game, I'm <clears throat> uh, on the bench, and you could only, you could only at this point, 23 made it on the bench, or 23 players made the roster, 18. and 11 played. The other 12 are on the bench, but at one time, only three can warm up. So you would alternate warming up, and it was really strange. It's really difficult for a player to really get in rhythm doing that, you know? So a coach has to be almost <clears throat> tactical with the way he approaches that. Mm-hmm. So if he the thinks warm he's going right, yeah. to use you um, while you're on the sideline, you have to stay somewhat active and loose. It's almost like he's tipping his hand. You've got a good, good chance of going in. Mm-hmm. Well, I was one of those three players against England. We're tied 1-1. Clint Dempsey scored a goal. Yeah, uh, I remember that. One. We're not supposed to be tied 1-1. England's yeah. supposed to be, like, you know, crushing Mopped us. on the floor with us. Correct, yeah. yeah. Still in this game. I think I, we had a few chances. Josie had an unbelievable turn um, against, yeah. I think it was John Terry, and he hit the crossbar or the post. I don't recall what. I think it was a post. Uh, we, we honestly had our chances. And there's like five minutes left to go in the game, and I'm going to come in for a Clint Dempsey. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to get in the game. You can finally say you played in the World Cup. I'm stoked. I'm excited. The ball's not going out of bounds. I'm waiting on the sideline. I've already turned in my card to the assistant referee. He's already got in his hand, you know, the, the little billboard with the number. Clint's number eight, my number nine, and he's already got it ready to go. The ball's not going out. It doesn't go out for like four minutes, and I'm like, what is going on? Ball finally goes out, and Clint's, like, walking, slow playing it, as he should. And I'm even giving him the, like, calma, you know, the hands, yeah, like, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the Cristiano, yeah. calma, calma, like, hey, yeah. chill, calma, chill, calma. take your time. Yeah. Right, we want to make time and get this game over with because it's 1-1, and that's a great result for us. The hardest team, you know, yeah. theoretically in the in group. The group, right. Yeah. right. So right before he comes out of bounds, he's, like, five yards away from me. All I hear is... <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> in game. Now I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, man, I just got on the field. All right, so game ends, and, you know, we're high-fiving and hugging uh, on the field, and Steve Chirondolo comes up to me, and he goes, hey, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, oh, never mind. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you some other time. I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll tell you some other time. I'm Steve, just tell me now. No, 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 no. It's, it's no, it's just a story, but I'll tell you some other time. Don't worry about it. I'm like, Steve, you obviously want to say something. Just tell me now. And he's like, well, yeah. same thing happened to me my first World Cup, and the next day of training, you know, I tore my ACL. Like, oh. Why would you ever say that? He's like, no, 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 no. don't worry. That's not going to happen. Don't it's not going to happen to you, I swear. It's not, this is my story. Yeah. To the next game, we're down 2-0 at halftime against Slovenia, and Bob calls my number, and he goes, Herc, you're going in. And uh, I come on at half, and we do a double substitution. Um, Gooch comes out, and Jose Torres comes out. I come on, and I believe Benny came on. Fail, however. Mm. Or is it Mo? It might have been Mo. Uh, and we come on. And one goal goes in. The second goal goes in. We're 2-2. And then Mo Adu has the third goal that he scores off a free kick. And they call a foul in the box. If you look at the replays now, I don't know what the 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 foul what that was called was. It's a phantom like foul that the referee made up. Yeah. One. But regardless, we're excited. Uh, we're all emotional. 
you know, in the locker room, we're celebrating. And Steve comes up to me and he just goes, I told you that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he remembered. He told you that. Yeah. yeah. It, it must have been something, though. Uh, that was a great run in the year. So, listen, you you play your career. How the hell you end up in ESPN? Like, like was that always the game plan? Was was that uh, you? Because I know you had some coaching, right? Like, you, 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 you mentioned you had a, a few coaching jobs. Are you, are you, hi, what's going on? In Mexico, I called the press perros. I called them dogs. You know, I, I had to go at the press, and I've always been, I've always been, uh, kind of say what well, I. That's why you're on in ESPN on Televisa, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Say what's on mind, you know, type of guy. Um, and this kind of happened know. by accident. You know, the the idea for me was I wanted to be, and I remember playing when I was with Santos, we would play uh, CONCACAF Champions League against the Sounders um, pretty much every year. And I remember talking to Chris Henderson um, before one game, and Chris Henderson, <clears throat> you know, legendary U.S. men's national team player. Um, he's a uh, sporting director of the Seattle Sounders. I had played A-League with his brother, and, you know, we had briefly known each other. Um, and he comes up to me, and he starts chatting me up before the game, and he, he goes, uh, you thought about what you want to do after soccer? And I'm 29 years old, and I said, after soccer? <laughs> what? No. And he goes, uh, are they not really? He's like, well, what do you think you'd like to do? I was like, honestly? And he goes, yeah. I said, what you do? I'd love to be part of a franchise and, and be involved in the roster makeup of said franchise, this and that. And he goes, okay, well, he goes, I'll tell you what, in your off season, if you ever want to come to Seattle, he goes, we'll put you up and you can come shadow me around. And I thought it was the mm. coolest thing like ever. Wow. And that, that kind of stuck with me. No and that's way. what I want to do. And uh, fast forward to my MLS latter years, I'm in Toronto and we go play in our first ever playoff game for Toronto uh, against the Montreal Impact. We lose 3-0, but it's the first time Toronto ever made it to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So you know, there's excitement and it's brewing. You know? um, I remember getting a phone call from MLS uh, Digital, you know, the Doyles, the Weebies of the world, those guys. And they're like, hey, um, you know, this weekend we're doing this whole MLS playoff, you know, show. Would you like to come on down? We'll fly you and your wife down and, uh, you know, you can come help us out with it. And I said, yeah, all right. My wife said, go do it. It's, it's a free trip to New York. You know, we, you get to do something new. Let's let's go try it. So I did it. I had a lot of fun with it. And because of that MLS kind of, you know, playoff day uh, studio show that I did, there yeah. was a, there was a producer at Fox, Shaw Brown. And Shaw saw it, and um, he, I believe, Stu Holden was dabbling with with uh, Fox at the time. He was still between being an active player and dabbling with them, coming out in and out of retirement and such not. And he had spoken to Shaw Brown about me uh, that I, I I helped him with a little bit of research for the Mexico U.S. you know Concacaf playoff mm, final right. that they had in in L.A. and. Uh, you know, he, he calls me and he asks me, uh, you know, what my thoughts were about, you know, life after soccer, this and that. And then he goes, could you come down to L.A.? And this is now my off season. I'm, I'm in Torreon with my wife in Mexico. And he's like, come down to L.A. Uh, relatively soon and meet with an executive here at Fox named David Neal. And I said, well, I'm going to be in L.A. anyways around this time. He's like, cool. Yeah. We'll hook you up with this secretary, set up a meeting, da, 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 da. Long story short, I walked in. It was short. It's 15 minutes. Um, you know, we start talking. He starts asking me about life. He's asking me about soccer. And he goes, okay, I want you to work up America. And I said, excuse me? And he's like, yeah. Just like that, huh? 
<laughs> like, uh, I can't. And he's like, why not? I was like, well, because I'm a active professional. I gotta, I'm going to be in Seattle actually training and working. And yeah. he goes, uh, well, all right, how about this? You guys got to – he looks at his schedule like a, a board with the calendar, and he goes, you guys have like a nine, ten-day break in Major League Soccer. Would you want to come work those dates here at Fox as part of the show? I said, sure. Um, got it going. Uh, came down, worked with Fox for that Copa America, and it was one of the craziest moments because it happened where I, I called the game with Mark Followell, and it was it was Panama, Bolivia that I called, and they were playing in Seattle, and I thought I did fine for my first game. And you know, the next day, uh, I did the studio show for Fox. And it was Mexico, Uruguay played and, and things like that. And uh, David Neal comes up to me and he goes, hey, I need to talk to you. And he goes, listen, you, you're, you're supposed to be calling a game later on this week, um, another game. He goes, you're no longer going to do that. And the first wow. thing that pops into my mind is, damn, I was that bad? This is cold-blooded. You're going to stay here on the desk from now on in the studio and I just nodded. Yes. And he goes, do you understand what's happening? I just nodded. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, okay, sounds good. And after Shaw Brown comes up to me and he goes, Hey, congratulations. I said, why don't I, why, why am I not calling the game? And he goes, no, 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 no. Hold on. You don't want to call that game. You want to be here in the studio. This is a good thing. They're showing you the ins and outs of the industry. Basically they're showing you what's what. Cause yeah. you know, I'd be, I think I was like fourth, fourth uh tv commentator or you know game game day commentator crew mm-hmm. uh-huh. to go to you know studio which is like a big deal for him and and he made me see it that way and i did the rest of the week in studio and the, the last day of i think second to last day he comes up to me again and he tells me don't go back to seattle retire right now i'll hire you right now <laughs> and wow. yeah and listen i i had signed with seattle minimum contract and i knew that i was it's gonna be my last year pretty much but I didn't want to go out like that. So yeah. I said, no, I can't. Of course. I, I appreciate it. Um, maybe in the future we can have a dialogue about my future and whatnot. And uh, it ended up where they called me afterwards and they're like, hey, we want you to come down for FIFA fixture dates. We'll pay you for those weekends. Um, MLS isn't going on. Uh, and even if it is, you're on a minimum contract. Why don't you ask Seattle if, if, if they'd let you do it? Spoke to Garth Lagerway and he was awesome about it. He understood. I mean, t- I took a... I took a huge pay cut to to plan a minimum salary to to just finish to, the season out and, and to yeah. help Seattle out. And, and he was like, yeah, no problem. They knew what it was about. So I would go as an active player with the Sounders for FIFA fixture dates with the U.S. men's national team. And from there, it, it happened to turn into a full-time, well, an opportunity full-time with Fox. And then ESPN kind of came. It was Univision and ESPN kind of came in, um, and and, uh, and then I had options, you know. And it was yeah. just uh, choosing what was best for me. Yeah, and, and I mean, listen, uh, yeah, I I really like your your the Spanish content you're putting out. But personally, I I think I, I like it. I mean, I saw the Chavito uh, chat you guys had with with him. I thought that was really dope. Uh, I really like that know, content. So I mean, you know it, why to add to that? I feel because it's relatable. I feel like mm-hmm. it's it's so it's like one of us being in there having that, that conversation. It matters, homie. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you guys are relevant, right? Like I I used to watch Fútbol Picante a lot, but those guys oh, yeah. are like they're, they're 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 skewed older. They talk older, and it's just like oh, okay, I'm done with you guys after about ten minutes, right? Like your why, show. Why do you, why do you think I do picante as well? They're trying to get that demo down, man. Right? Makes sense. Makes sense. 
the Listen, mindset is, is what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you all again, right. Thanks for, for, for giving us, you kind of, you know, went through your, your whole career and uh, journey's insane. Career. yeah, it is insane. Uh, it's funny cause I, I kind of, we're, we're doing a little bit of research. We don't do a lot of research, so don't, don't expect a lot of research, but with this, um, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. and, and, um, I, I was looking, I was like, yo, my man, my man, you know, you, you said it, right. You're a nomad. You kind of, you went around different clubs, but it gives you that experience, right? You also talked about you coach. You had a, a bunch of smaller coaching jobs, right? As in your, in your early career, was that ever in your plans to like go into like you know uh, more professional coaching? No. no, 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 no. I actually, uh, you you guys have heard about this team, the Las Vegas Lights. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I got offered the. What's the game last year actually? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. offered the, which makes sense. It's honestly Vegas is a great sporting city now, and who doesn't want to go watch their team play in Vegas? You know, that's it's like yeah. you win no matter what. You get to see your team, you get to see yeah. sport, and you get to you yeah, get to experience. Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Well, look, we, we travel a lot for Galaxy. Like we just about it. Right. I think collectively as a whole, we probably hit every single away game last year. Yeah. We were hoping that MLS would give Vegas, Vegas. one of those seats just yeah. because hey. That's another one that we can travel to. I mean, we're in LA, right? So we have to fly everywhere. Without, without. I mean, I don't want to get into it really, you know, a lot. But there's nothing happens by accident when it comes to these multi-billion-dollar corporations. And I'm talking about teams. I'm talking about these owners. I'm talking about the leagues and where they place said events. There's a reason League's Cup was in Vegas. So that that's very telling. Um, but yeah, listen, this team, the Las Vegas Lights. Uh, the owner reached out to me, and he's like. Uh, I want you to be our first coach. And uh, what do you think? And I, I, I was very, very flattered. And I said, I really appreciate it. But I, no, I don't, I don't want to coach. That's not my thing. I do, however, would, would love to one day go into management ranks and, and oh, something sure. of that. Court. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we had a brief conversation and, you know, I've been offered coaching jobs before, but it's not for me, man. And I, I'm, this might be my, my, ego and, and and whatnot but i've played for way too many bad coaches and i don't want to be one of those bad coaches you know not all these coaches that i've had with are good experiences and a coach is never going to have everybody on his team enjoy what he or she brings to the table yep. it's a very ungrateful job and i, I just don't want it okay. yeah again man again thank you for for recapping all that we do have questions that we want to get into before Let's we get have to, to cut it, out man. uh no, i got we got time. We we could do this. Uh, All right. We could do this kind of rapid fire. So you know, you know, have to elaborate too much. Uh, yeah. Let's start. Right. This is uh, for, it comes straight from from social media from from our audience. Uh, who should get the next LA Galaxy stature, in your opinion? <laughs> the first should have gone to Landon Donovan. Okay. Really. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Get Angel hyped up. Okay. No, nobody yeah. in mm. California has done more for the sport for the Galaxy. Than Landon Donovan. Um, I love what LA does. By the way, they're one of the few. Cl- they're one of the few clubs uh, within Major League Soccer and the clubs that I've played for abroad in Mexico that likes to keep their alumni tied in. Um, mm-hmm. Are you saying very- that now because you're on the podcast? No, no, no. I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Listen, right, right. Man, I, I will never shy away from a question. Never shy away from telling you the truth. Yeah. There are we some bad yeah. clubs out, out there in Major League Soccer and abroad when it comes to dealing with the press when it comes to dealing with fans when it comes to addressing issues la has always been fine the galaxy have always been fine uh the people at la dan kennedy chris klein you know vicky you know brandon they, they've been awesome anytime we need anything media wise or anything anytime uh they should should include former players uh like alumni in any type of event they've always invited me they've always been 
extremely, extremely helpful and forthcoming, which is not the case in Major League Soccer a lot of times. There are a lot of clubs, man, that I'd love to just shake and be like, what are you doing? Why are you alienating people like this? Like, what do you like, just think yeah. for a second? What do you think God, the mindset is behind that? Like a, a smaller club. I wouldn't say smaller because we're all in the same league. But why Why don't you think the, I'm just saying a random say smaller the, club. The, the the Toronto's the the Kansas City the so, the Colorados why aren't they at that why why don't they see that so understanding that so being inviting in the other clubs that does along with the Galaxy but I'll give you an example of a big team within theory and on a world scale is uh, New York City uh, FC they have Manchester City Group mm-hmm. yep. and they right. bring they bring those people in the front office from you know other places and they're used to dealing with the media in a different way and I'm sure with fans in a different way and it's very standoffish it's mm-hmm. not very side by side hand by hand um and, and help each other and, and and listen they'd have their reason because I'm sure the English media is a lot more critical than, than the media here um but it doesn't make sense to me why a team like the Galaxy who's arguably the biggest team in the league for their history, you know, well, uh, you know, it's talk to DC and they'd say, well, we got some, we got some uh, stars as well. And we've got some big international, you know, attorneys as well. But what I'm trying to say, listen, nine MLS cups, four of them lost, five of them won nine Western conference titles. We we can keep going. Right. That to me is, Yo, come on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to get into yeah. things in this, but get, go ahead. Go, no, 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 that's fine. But this is this is my job as part of the, like the the press. Like, listen, yeah. for the galaxy doesn't mean I'm going to go Homer for the galaxy. You know, I hate people like that. I hate people who are like, who it's predictable. You know where they're coming from. Like that to me is it's, you're doing a disservice and an injustice to your own team as well. Mm-hmm. So if I was a Homer for you guys all the time, why would you listen to what I have to say when I had something to say about something else? Like, that guy only knows about the Galaxy. Does he really even know about the Galaxy? He's just trying to tell us what we want to hear. You're never going to hear me say that, man. And, and and people have a problem with that, not just the Galaxy. I, LAFC fans think I'm a Galaxy, you know, uh, Homer. You know? And, and, and U.S. Men's National Team fans think I, I'm a Mexico Homer. And the Mexico fans, they hate me because I'm a traitor. They think I'm a U.S. Men's National Team. So you're never going to please everybody. But really quickly about the Galaxy, they do a great job of keeping their history relevant of tying their history back to the present and that's something that i wish more teams would do um they have nights where they honor their 2002 team where they honor their 2011 team they have nights where they bring players back for a cocktail hour with fans and you know they do such a great job of tying their history back and they have players who meant something to the club in the organization in important roles that is important especially nowadays where this game is and you, you can say what you want about it, but getting so internationalized yeah. at the domestic level where yeah. others' opinions hold more, hold more value than current set opinions. And listen, you can argue what you want about that, but it's important to have those those values from the past, those people from the past who can help you you know, build to the future. Well, listen, yeah. to, to circle back, right? The question was, who should get the next uh, statue? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what we started. That's what we started. He said Landon. He said Landon. <laughs> no, no. Landon. 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 No doubt about it. And, and, and I don't even know how this is a question. David did. David's the most important signing this league's ever had. Mm. Ever. Ever. That's no, there's not a question about that. 
But when you're talking about a team, like the MLS should have given him a statue. When you're talking about okay. a team. And, and that we Gal- agree, 100%, 100%. The Galaxy, it's got to be Landon Donovan. Look at everything he's done for Southern We've California. been on here saying that that, yeah. that, David statue, that David Beckham statue should have been at MLS headquarters, which I completely agree with. Yeah. And adding to that, that actually was brought up uh, when that statue came up. That was a question that was asked to us because that's obviously we were in season and that was a question. And we had a lengthy conversation. Yeah. About that topic, and we argued the same exact thing. Yeah. Beckham, look, we understand what he did. Uh, thankful for the championships, all that stuff. But we're talking about Galaxy, Galaxy. We made a list of other players that should have came before Beckham. However, we understand why Beckham was the first. The media attention that was going to get internationally. Right. From that perspective, genius from the Galaxy, genius. Yeah. But as a fan, yeah. is a fan in us? It's it's a different. It's but a we have to understand. Too, though, man. I, I, I argue exactly. that, but business we had business. arguments. It's a business too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to understand, like. It's it's a business too, right? And let especially me ask, let me ask you guys a question. Yep. Let me ask you guys a question. Oh, you're typing the table, okay? Yeah. Okay. That's what he does, right? Galaxy has been the flagship team for Major League Soccer for almost its entire history, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Should not the flagship team have a better stadium right now? Listen, I I, I don't. Uh, I, I I I can see why you say that, right? But yeah, when the stadium was built, it, it was. A representation of what Los Angeles is. Listen, what do you mean by better that? to you? What do you mean yeah. by better? Because you look at you look you look at uh, you know uh, how difficult it is to get to Carson for some people, and that easily alone has made them turn to LAFC and say, "What well, you know? What it's easier for me and my family to get to LAFC." You know, it, it, it's more. But accessible. you see, you see where you're wrong with see, that. Yeah. There's so many. It says you brought that up. There's so many LAFC fans that are coming from Orange County, that are coming from Long Santa Beach, Monica. or that are going from uh, other parts. That it's the same type of distance. So the argument there, it's 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 dumb. The whole. Oh, and, well, and, and if you're no, not that, Helino, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask not, you a question. Why 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 aren't last season, the last two seasons, with Slatan Ibrahimovic, one of the biggest stars this league's ever had? Why is it that the LA Galaxy had trouble filling up the stadium then? But that's not that's not accurate though. That, Why not? I, I I called games there. I've called games there, yeah, yeah, and, listen, and I can it, tell it, you what it, I see. If, if yeah, listen, we're all season ticket holders, right? And we're all there every single game. And and, and you go midweek games. You're right, 100, percent right? And that and, and I get that because mid midweek game on the four or five, yeah, fuck that, right? Anywhere, but in Los but, 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 uh, but on the weekends though, like listen, we're every single game, mm-hmm. 23, 24k, right? With slot in there, even on the shittiest season, the 2017 season, 2016 season, we're averaging 20k. Like and you're talking about I'm it, it's telling, Carson, right? Like in, 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 I'm telling you, Carson, Carson mm-hmm. is difficult for people to get to, and I don't care if you're a diehard Galaxy fan. That is something that people have to acknowledge. And also, I love what the Galaxy have done. I love how they're the one of the few teams that continue to push the envelope. Because you look at the league's biggest signings ever, their majority are with the LA Galaxy. It's just the truth. There's no denying that. Yeah. But when you look, when you look at that stadium now. And you go over to the neighbor that's in the same city as you. It feels mm-hmm. dated. Have you guys been? Oh, you guys yeah. been to the new? Uh, yeah, yeah. I see, that's I never right. and, that at all. Look, that's that's my neighborhood. I grew up right there. I grew up in South Central. That right. stadium, honestly, all it is, it's just that. It's that, and on top of that, it's very plasticky. Yeah, listen, and, 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 this is okay. and, and, and it's hard not to be biased, right? Because I'm a Galaxy fan. But yeah, like, that, that, that that stadium feels like a like a giant Lego set. You know what I mean? Where everything would just kind of. You just kind of plot it together, right? Like, and you got to go. You just pick up the pieces. I think that's. I think that's Avaya Stadium. Avaya Stadium is more Lego set. I feel the. Well, listen, I feel the same way about 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 uh the 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 stank. I mean the the bank. 
uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 feels, it feels like like a giant Lego piece, like Lego set, right? Um, but you know, here that's what I do love about you guys, though. You guys in LAFC have have made it interesting. I tell you what, this is this is what Chivas USA never understood. This is what Chivas USA never achieved, and I'm happy that LAFC is here because of what this rivalry has become. If you ask me what the best rivalry in Major League Soccer is, it's Seattle-Portland. But what we've experienced the last two years with El Tráfico, which is a trash name, by the way, but what we've experienced the last years with LAFC, LA Galaxy, is nothing short of unbelievable. Honestly, it's been a lot of fun to call. And even to be unbiased and from afar and just be like, I don't care who wins. Look at what's going on. It's Carlos Vela versus Slatan. And, and by the way, that in itself is is something that was insane that took this rivalry to another level. Well, but see, but, but he, here's 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 where we differ on this, right? Uh, because to us, at least us three, and, and a lot of like maybe truthers or whatever, this is all marketing, right? It, it's marketing right. a certain 100%. way where it, it exposes that way, and it's shiny and it's new. But and that's that's sports. Yeah, but but see, but, but see, like for oh, us, it works for a lot of fans, right? Of course, well, yeah, well, I'm for, not going to deny like, that, of course. The, the game the game we look forward to the game we're like we're, we're hyped about and we're angry about and we're ready for a single day every single year right like for us truthers because that just means something to us with these guys they have a lot of proof they have they have to work to get to us you know what i mean like so like to us, yeah just... yeah they have to work to get to your level to get to your historical level but come on man nobody cares about san jose you truthers may, may may have history on that but yeah. not today San Jose, San Jose isn't relevant in San Jose right now. That's the truth. No, no, listen, why and, should they be relevant? That's different, though. And, 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 and I hear right. you. Right, and we're talking about from a supporter's perspective. That's what we're talking that, about that, from a being perspective. I understand that. I understand a support, a support, but what's more important to Red Bulls? Is it DC United or is it New York City FC? Again, but no, Red no, Bulls no, also no, have championships no, and doesn't have it's no, a whole no, no, no. Story. But I, I get where you're going, right? And, and of course, listen again. If, if you're gonna for the for the mass for the masses. 100%. And I, that's why I understand this uh, tropical thing, right? This LAFC, LA, LA Galaxy. Right. And why you guys are, uh, you know, uh, most of people are at their heels when they when they go on social media talking about this, right? And I get that because, mm-hmm. like, listen, it's presented to you in that way, right? Like, MLS does this thing where, like, rivalry weekend is just, like, in your face, Heineken presents, whatever, right? Like, yeah. I get yeah. it. Like, it <laughs> that is, let, me, let me interject real quickly because I have no dog in this fight. I, I could care. But from an outsider's perspective, it's not that it's so much presented that way, but Look at the look at the biggest stars, yeah. Galaxy, LAFC. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at the stadiums. Okay. Look at the proximity where you guys are at. I think our stadium was ugly. You still have a, <laughs> you still have a stadium. You know, it's it's not it's not what I'm trying to say. It's not yeah, New yeah, England, yeah. and they're not playing at Gillette. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah no, I get it, man. Just give, just give me a hard time. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying, but this is it's it's not also like how it's presented or how it's sold. It is what it is. I mean, San Jose. What's their biggest star right now? Their coach. Yeah. I get that. Like, it, what, what, what I'm, I guess our point is is that there's there's a historical there's a historical value to that, right? And 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 the, which I like it bothers me because when when these guys go up to San Jose, where the Galaxy goes up to San Jose, it's just like a regular game for them. Whereas you know prior years when you had like a, a, ah, a court, a, a court, that's, a, a that's court, where I will agree with you. But you're one of the, these truthers, these truthers that you're talking about, and you include yourself in. These are very few of the people that actually recognize MLS's history because most yeah. will just tell you 
He's yeah. 25 years old. What history? Okay. But you actually yeah. lived through it. Yeah. So you yeah. have a you have no, look, honest I can't, record. For example, I, I can I vividly remember the very first MLS Cup that I remember vividly, vividly was that 2005 game. I know exactly where I was. I was up in uh, the Hollywood Hills. My mom used to be the the caretaker, the house taker of some of some musician's house. They put me in the kitchen. Go watch your game. I saw it in the kitchen. This tiny ass TV. Vivid. So all these things I remember. So all this history stuff, and I still remember things like That's moments, dope. right? In terms of entire game, I remember vividly. But then I remember a bunch of moments before that. I remember Lana Donovan scoring on the Galaxy. I remember all these things, right? I, the Dero stuff. I remember all these things, you know, and the the historical stuff that we've had with San Jose, with them leaving to Houston, and then all of a sudden there's a new team that wants to claim these mm -hmm. two stars. All these things, I remember that stuff. So to me, of course, yeah, we talk about, and this is what Rudy's referring to us, you know, I guess you say old timers or guys that have been there since the beginning. San Jose is our rival. Yeah. Right. right. And, and that's not going to change. Obviously, the fact what's, that. What's the percentage of, of people that you know you think come to the Galaxy Stadium of, of truthers and, and newbies, would you say? Well, see, like, it's not fair I, to ask I, I think us. that's kind of hard because everyone's, everyone's, everyone's around us. They're the people that we, yeah. that we talk right. to, truthers are the same people that we talk to. Listen, we're all part of the Angel City Brigade, right? So we're, yeah. we're the support group that's behind the goal. And most of our, like, our, 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 our tiny group, like, we all have the same mindset, but I, I, but I also understand like like everybody else who came into the to to the league, you know, four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, mm -hmm. whatever. Well, we even two years ago with Slatan, yeah, there's yeah, a bunch of new people like, that jumped on the Galaxy bandwagon because Slatan, we get uh, it, and we're not yeah. we're not blind to this, we're not naive to this. We understand that we we get, we aim to bring the biggest players. Beckham brought a whole bunch of new players, then Gio quote unquote brought new players, and then Slatan brought new players. You know, Gerard brought players. I mean, uh, players. Sorry, fans. Fans. Because you know, yeah, because they, of their respective, you know, historical things that they had with their respective teams in the past. Whether it's Liverpool, Slatan's mm -hmm. trajectory, ever he's been, we understand that. We're, this is LA. That's that's not going to change, it, right? It, and, yep. But it's just something that we still try to instill in people. Hey, you need to understand your history. San Jose is. This long-time rival. We understand. Look, we're also not naive that LAFC is going to be a thing. It's yeah. starting to be a thing. We acknowledge it this year for sure. For the you league, know, well, it has as to of be last a thing. year, well, yeah, as of last year, we really acknowledge it because we finally had a playoff game. You no, know, we had things that really meant stuff. It's a rivalry, yeah. and you know what? And and I was happy that we were just winning, but it was not. It wasn't like she was USA winning, right? Like it was just a cake, right? We we had won mm -hmm. and we had got the results, but it was always like a game, and that's good, right? That right. I'm not going to complain yep. about. I like it. You know what I mean? No, so, I understand what you guys are saying. This is exactly the reason why when people talk rivalry, best rivalry in Major League Soccer, I go back to Seattle, Portland because of the history. They've been around playing right. since the yeah. 70s. 70s, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and her, you, said, you say that when in this LAFC, LA Galaxy thing, you don't have a horse in the race. For a lot of fans, seeing from the outside in, seeing your tweets, seeing everything you put out, do you understand why it's hard for Galaxy fans to try to believe that? Do you understand where that comes from? Yeah, I mean, I do because I play for the Galaxy, right? But so yeah, exactly. But I play for eleven other teams as well. Yeah, hundred you know? yeah, percent. I can't, I can't cheer for. And, and I don't necessarily feel that. Speak uh -huh. for twelve teams while I work for the greatest sporting company in the world. You know, that's 100%. that's not my job anymore. This is I treat it the same way as I was a player. Once I put that jersey on, I will die for that team. I will play everything I need to play and say everything I need to say for that team. But I'm no longer on the galaxy. If anything, I need to be as impartial as I can. And as I told you, it's the same thing with LAFC fans. They think I'm a galaxy homer. Like they think I'm unbiased towards them. Just the same way U.S. men's national team and Mexico fans feel 
I'm unbiased towards each one of them. It, it's it's mm-hmm. it's crazy to me, funny to me, uh, but it doesn't bother me. This comes with a job. And listen, there are people in this industry who will say things for effect, cause and effect. Okay. Okay. You guys can decipher yeah, who those are for themselves. Okay. Yep. I'm not one of those people. If I think the Galaxy is a better team, I will say it. If I think LAFC is a better team, I will say it. I will tell you my experiences, and I shared an experience. And this is this is actually funny in a way i shared my experience on fc about how listen i work in downtown i live in pasadena in here in la in my circles where i roam i see more lafc gear yeah mm-hmm. and you guys spoke about that marketing they've done a ridiculous job with their guerrilla marketing mm-hmm. yeah i don't circulate the places where la galaxy has done theirs so i spoke on what i lived through right i go i think the following week uh oh, by the way I, I I said all this, and then I said in the same segment, um, but all that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter unless LAFC can prove it on the field, and they have not been able to do it. I know what segment you're talking about. Yeah, I saw it, and yeah, I read it. And I said, and I said I, they've not been able to do it yet. LA Galaxy still owns them. Like those exact words almost, right? Uh-huh. Next week, LAFC pumps out that LAFC runs LA off of my quotes from FC and leaves out the LA or LA Galaxy have proven it on the field. LAFC is not type of type, right? Whatever. Right. It's very, it's, it's on, it's on air. People will manipulate the words any way they want. Doesn't bother me. It, it comes with the territory. I go and I interview Salatan the next week <laughs> for sports center. Like domestic. I remember I saw the video and you mentioned it to him at the very end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I had two interviews with him. One was in English for Sports Center. One was in Spanish for my show, Auro Nunca. And he walks in and, you know, Slatan is Slatan. He doesn't look me in the eyes. He gives up the hand. He just kind of shakes my hand and he goes, What's this for? And I said, Well, the first video is, uh, first interview is going to be for Sports Center in English. And he goes, English, Sports Center, American Sports Center. I said, Yes. And he goes, The second one? I said, Spanish and it's uh, Latin America. He says, Okay. And he kind of like, <laughs> That sounds like him. <laughs> yeah. And, takes a seat and he's like lounging and he's doing his thing and he's looking at me all angry and I'm like, it already feels tense. Mm-hmm. And I'm having this interview with them and I did like about 10 minutes and two of the minutes were usable because the rest of the time he was like you know, short and whatever and he can, he can give a shit and he was saying like, he wasn't giving me much. And I remember saying, uh, I remember saying, you know, back when I played for the Galaxy, we trained, uh, at the Rose Bowl on a baseball field, and our best player was a Guatemalan by the name of Carlos Reese. Today, today the Galaxy's best player, you know, is Slatan Ibrahimovic, and he cuts me off before I finish saying his name, and he goes, "MLS's best player." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, you you say you're Major League Soccer's best player, um, but in the same city, there's a player who has more goals and more assists, and his team's leading the league right now, and his name's Carlos Vela. And that's what that famous quote is, and he starts getting angry. Where did Carlos Vela play at this age and this yeah. and that? Which has nothing to do about who's better at the moment. Uh, but but he started kind of getting aggravated with me, and it set the tone for the rest of the interview, right? Afterwards, he accused me of being an LAFC fan. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, dude. Like he had no idea I'd played for the Galaxy. He had no idea that I'd won titles for the Galaxy. He can give two shits, honestly. And honestly, he probably doesn't mean two shits to anybody. Uh, but I was like, like seriously, like what's going on here? And uh, and he was really, it was really strange. Go on to the next interview in Spanish, and it was like, 
And he starts joking with me. He starts joking with us. And he starts oh, shit. Around, and he starts having like great banter. He's unbelievable on air. He's sharing stories. And I'm thinking to myself, what the, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? Slatan <laughs> is cause and effect, right? He knows what's going to yeah. get, like, he knows yeah. how to get yeah. people, the message across to people right. in that moment. He wanted to make it personal with Carlos Vela and he used me. In that moment, he wanted to draw a line in the sand and say Slatan is the the league's best player ever, this and that. Like I realized how calculated and how intelligent Slatan was. It was amazing. But so, so the same thing, people can think what they want about how the message is, is being sent out, but some of this stuff is cause and effect and others is not. Well, well listen, it, it, let's, uh, the last question was that, right? Like, like, People take you as your LAFC bias, right? And and I hear your points. I, I hear your points. But th- last year there was a lot of talk of LAFC being the best team in the history of the MLS. Right. My best MLS team history or history in MLS is Toronto. Okay, listen. What, so, so, so that, Jovinko's team. I'm sorry. Jovinko's team. That's right. The trouble. Yep. Uh, yeah. But here's right. Like. And, and it's coming from 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 you know the company you work for. ESPN was big on this, talking about they're the best you know best team in history. I know Ale uh, Moreno said that. A bunch of people said that, right? And, and and that's my problem, right? Because because a lot of people are crowning them way before. And and, and listen, and maybe you didn't say the best team ever, but you're a big proponent of saying you know elevating them. For Rudy, for, for whatever it was, they set a record well, point in the season. Yeah, it's it's very difficult not to give them their props when when they set a record for points in the season. They got a player who scored thirty four goals, fifteen assists. I, I mean, they were one of the best best defensive teams. Listen, they shot the bed against against you guys. They shot the bed against Seattle. They shot the bed a lot of times when they shouldn't have. But regular yeah. season wise, I mean, the numbers are there for Alejandro Moreno, whoever else, to say like this is the team to beat right now. But what's the narrative when they lose, though? So my my thing is when the narrative is when they lose, it, it kind of shies away. Everyone kind of turns the turns the cheek, and and you know they they don't say much. But when they're at, we, on the high horse, everyone we, we crushed. I don't know if you guys if you guys watch our, our segments at ESPN, but we crushed LAFC like to no end. That when that happened for Seattle, I called the game for Deportes. I call MLS games for Deportes. When that happened against Seattle, do you guys remember what happened right after that? The uh, what was it the LAFC Galaxy game right after that game Sebastian Salazar and Bob Bradley had this moment where Sebastian and got this like ESPN FC went to town on LAFC and Bob Bradley and the next game they lose to Seattle I mean it was vicious and that's that's where that's where listen we do lots of stuff and lots of stuff is seen and not seen yeah I can tell you from working with these guys, Alejandro Moreno's, Moreno's played for the Galaxy. He's won championships for the yeah. Galaxy. Alejandro Moreno's a, a tough guy, but uh-huh. by no means is he a biased guy and says, you know what, just because eh, I want to, the team that I used to play for, I'm going to bury them right now because it sounds like yeah. fun. That, nobody goes into it thinking it, that way. Well, see, you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's, look, it also so depends now, how you see, right? Yeah. For me, so now, are exactly with that? Hold on, hold on, hold on, Because with this, with this, with the whole Bob Bradley thing, how different would the narrative would have been if that would have been uh, a Galaxy coach uh, responding like that to uh, to a uh, to an uh, analyst? How how different would that narrative be? I saw that interview maybe twice, and if, that's what that looked for. If Bob Bradley or a Galaxy coach, Bob Bradley's always going to get the headlines. Uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, Guillermo Barros 
handling it that way wouldn't it get the headlines like bob bradley handling it that way and it has nothing to do with the galaxy or lafc it's and just that's exactly real- what i'm saying i didn't see that i well, didn't see that that narrative being pushed away pushed out by anybody saying look at the way that this coach is treating an analyst and i think if it would if the tables would have been turned you gotta go back to it would have been, would have been that, much, much different like well, craig burley and those guys went to town and and listen uh i know bob personally i know him, i know him very well uh Right. And it was handled wrong by a lot of people, but not everybody was as under, as understanding as I was. And those guys at FC, they went to town, bro. It, it, and it's, listen, it, and we, and I think you have, you made a, a great point, right? Like we're interested in when it, when it is galaxy related, like we're interested, mm-hmm. right? Cause every time you guys say, you guys say, uh, look at the cross town team or, or listen the fucking, I get it. Like the, the, but the, the Carson jabs, like those irk me, you know what I mean? Like, like, See, and I don't care. Like but you see, this is, this is what I'm getting at. Like, it's, it, it, it depends, right? Because the majority of the Galaxy fan base, they get South pissed Bay, off bro. about My it. My commute was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right, listen. Uh, let, let, let's wrap this up because I know you got, you got shit to do. Give give me uh, the one thing that irks you about the MLS that you would change today. Uh, not so much MLS, but I think uh, American soccer as a whole, and I will include not just – when I say American soccer, I don't mean U.S. men's national team. I mean here in America, here in the States, the whether it's Chicano, whether it's second, third generation of any uh, heritage, whatever it may be, we are insecure when it comes to our game. Um, and, and Major League Soccer uh, is a prime example of that. I think sometimes we need to just be proud of where this league is and how far it's come and not try mm-hmm. to compare ourselves. And this goes for U.S. Thank men's national you. team. Uh, hell yeah, Mexican, yeah. We don't. We don't need to compare ourselves with Europe. We don't need to compare ourselves with the best teams in the world. We don't need to. We don't need to always reference juegos moleros when we talk about the Mexican national team games in the states. We don't need to always have a problem with everything we hear. It's okay, man. It's 25 years. Yeah. I remember when this league was was contracting teams. Contracting, bro. You went from 12 to yeah. 10. The uncertainty. Yeah. And look where it is now. And and look for a team. I don't care if it's the Galaxy be 25 years in and still push the envelope like that you don't have to compare yourself with lafc because you said it they're two years in they're not on your level right same thing there are teams there are teams and you want to compare yourself to san jose san jose's lost that footing you want to compare you know dc arguably has the 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 titles but they've lost that footing as well so if anything i'd be happy about who's been running things so to speak uh in this league for, for quite a while now if you get criticism in these two years, take it for what it is. Do you know what I mean? A lot of times it's deservingly so, though. Yeah, and I agree with you. A lot of times it's deservingly so. Like We're the first to criticize. Look, yeah, that's yeah, one thing with this podcast like, a lot. We we give our team a lot of shit. It's yeah. not like we're here well, fucking. As a matter of fact, when our team does bad, we we put better content out than, uh, than when the team does well, and, and we understand that a hundred percent. But this is, I think this is where the national media. Uh, this is where that narrative of who's running in LA comes from. Like who's the top dog in LA comes from because everybody's so used to seeing LA as top dog. And all of a sudden you get a brand new toy in LAFC, brand new stadium, you know, us men's ex us men's national team coach, uh, celebrity ownership, uh, Carlos Vela. You get all these logo different- all over the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The logo, the logo, you know, being guerrilla marketed, uh, the colors, uh, all these millennials who yeah. probably, are new yeah. to soccer or are new to whatever, they're jumping on this bandwagon and it's hip, it's swag. And, and it's, it's like, it's LA. It's LA. You know, it's, it's fucking, we, it's, it's shiny. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, my like, God. You know how LA is, man. Yeah. You guys have uh, seen 100%. it. 
you guys see what it is. The Clippers, Lakers, yep. Dodgers, you 100%. know, uh, Angels. Yep. It's the way it is. Yep. So it's natural. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, I, I I never doubted that. And the one thing, the one credit I'll give uh, LAFC is their rollout was 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 what it needed to be for him to catch on the way it did. So I'll give him that much. They still have to win cups to, to even you know talk to us on a soccer level. But Can I add one quick before we go, uh, let's let's yeah. do five five real quick minutes and then I'll, I'll bounce because I need to bounce. But yeah. she started getting this dialogue going on because uh, oh there we go. We lost Angel, but it's fine. It's fine. He'll, he'll come Keep back. Keep going. You're good. So, so we started getting a dialogue going on uh, when I said that Chicharito wouldn't score as many goals this season. Mm-hmm. Do you guys yeah. remember that? Yeah. yeah. And that's how this all started. And you're crazy. The fans called me crazy. And I said, listen, I will tell you why Chicharito won't score as many goals this year. It's the service. And then I started getting Katai and Lejet and, and Christian Cologne. What are you talking about? And then Jonathan Dos Santos. And look, you got Sasha Kleshen now. You got Joe Buddy Corona as well. Things are said, and they have substance and research behind them. And I'll tell you, I identify, not on Chicharito's level, but I identify with the type of forward he is. And oftentimes, you rely on service. You live and die by service. Chicharito has two games this year. How many chances has he missed? 100%. Listen, I... I, I, Do you want to know why? Because he hasn't had a chance. He hasn't had a chance. Listen, so I was was really hyped about Chicharito, right? Because... I hated Slatan Ball. I hated Slatan Ball. It's Slatan Ball just kind of like I, I hate. I like I like I like good soccer. You know what I mean? I like pretty football, right? So I hated Slatan Ball because it was just get wide, cross it in, right? And I mm-hmm. figured with Chicharito, like he's a guy who's gonna make runs for you. He's gonna cut in, cut out, open up space for other players, right? So I expected the, the our football to change, our soccer to change. See exactly, but our soccer has just changed, and yeah, it yeah. hasn't. And, and, and that, that's, that's the big problem, right? Yeah. I figured, I figured preseason we're gonna change it up. It's gonna be different, different runs. Babon pulling people, uh, you got Katai pulling people, and then you get space for Chicharito. Where the fuck is everything? Yeah. That like that's 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 what my blow to me. Our, Your team has to be better. It's better defensively. It, I'll be yeah, honest, and they're going to be better defensively. Uh, we're we're trying to play GBS ball, and and uh, Slatan was the was the reason we couldn't play that, and we thought. By adding someone that makes those runs, GBS ball is going to be perfected. We're going to do what we want. It's not happening. The service isn't there. But I don't specifically remember the tweet that that you and I started going back and forth. And then that's how we started communicating. But it was it, with that narrative. And it's funny because I come on this pod and I and I say there's no chemistry. We're not going to have chemistry going in. I 100% agree with what you're saying. But I think the way that you push it out, it just – it. it, it you did it right. You did it right. You caught the attention, and then you and I started well, going back and forth I about it. You know what I think it was? I think it was an interview I did with uh, Extra Time Radio on MLS, and, and I said, I don't see him scoring many goals. And then and I was like, if you look at that midfield, and I said, Alexander Katai, uh, uh, Sebastian Leggett, Jonathan Dos Santos, Sasha Kleshton, these are all players who are great on a 77 field. These are all players who are great with a forward who can play with his back to goal, who has the ability to combine in the final third. Christian Pavone, to me, is the only guy that has the ability to get past somebody 1v1. And Chicharito is very – people don't understand this. He's very good in the air. His anticipation is second to none. His movement is world class. Like This is a guy who played United and Real Madrid, but he's not – great with his back to goal and he's not the best at combining in the final third he is a finisher he is last touch one touch in the net he's not the guy who's going to great and against houston and i spoke to tab ramos about this tab said we wanted to force him to play back to goal in his half so he's trying to create so he's his ball's getting played to him and then somebody's been sprung 
And we don't worry about him so much because he's so far behind the goal now. He's so far yeah. away from the goal. We want to make sure we limit him because we know how dangerous he is. Mm-hmm. They're cutting out and putting that fire out before it starts, and teams are going to do this. The Galaxy will be a better team because Slatan didn't want to defend. He walked around. He he mm-hmm. yelled at his teammates You know, 90% of the game, blah, 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 blah. Slatan was magic when he had the ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, sure. See, but, and that's where philosophies change, right? Like, I understand really 100% that we want to play better soccer. And we've been on this pod, and I've been on this pod, yeah. actually, on your side of the things that I think Chicharito's going to be subpar. If anything, he's barely going to get to double digits and goals. We Everyone knows this. If people gave me fault. shit earlier. Well, it's well, not. No, well, and, no, and I, no, and I, no, I made no, the argument. It's the same exact argument that it's not his fault. We don't have the team. And I'm not going to get into details. People who have been listening to our podcast know this. But I, I'm agreeing with you 100%. The one thing I don't agree with Rudy, and this is an ongoing thing, like as much as I would love to play soccer, I want to win more. Yeah, so right. if that well, means we're going to play Slatan ball and just get a better defense, you know, amplify, you know, make sure our defense is better. And we're going to we're not going to concede five goals a game, four goals a game, average one goal a game. But we have Slatan who's going right, to find right. a way to score three goals. I'm OK with that. I just want to win. I don't care if it's pretty, but, if it's ugly, it's finding a way to win. Let, let, let me let me take it back to, to, to the Houston game, right? I think if Chicharito does what he did for that goal, which was pull pull defense and, and give the alley for if I won't take that shot, like I'll take right, that. Like well, I'm gonna take that, right? Because uh, yeah. listen, you get put Chicharito in that position where everybody knows he can make a run inside the box, so you're gonna have to pull one or two defenders on him, and you give space to Pavon to take a shot because you know Pavon's gonna cut in and take that shot every single time you yep. get to him, right? Listen, that guy that guy's special. Yeah, Pavon is. is special, and is. and if if he can score double digit goals and double digit assists, and he's Let's say he's the man and he's got more goals than Chicharito. I think you guys will be fine. Yeah. I think Chicharito's yeah. going to do a lot more for you guys that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But you got to remember, this is a new process, a new team. Guillermo finally gets to play he wants, the way he wants. Yeah. You're two mm-hmm. games in. You're two games in. I know, in. man. That's the thing. It's man. not the end of the world. <laughs> I don't think Chicharito's going to be the goal scorer that we all think he's going to be in fight for a golden boot. But it doesn't mean he's not going to be a good player for yeah, you guys. And listen, Chicharito said it best. He's like... I don't. I'm not here to fill Satan's shoes. And I was like, "Well, yeah. how will this season be successful for you if you're not scoring goals, lifting a title?" Yep. And he's absolutely right. And that's exactly what Angel's saying right now. I don't care how they play. I want them to win. Well, that's yeah. the ultimate win right there is the title. Yep. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Hercules, gracias. Thank Herc, you. Thank, thank you, you so bro, much, man. man. It, Can I ask you one question though? Well, yes, last sir. one. Do you think the Galaxy Stadium is ugly? Ugly? No, I think it's dated. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's dated. I and and I tell you, that's probably the little corner they put me in when, uh, <laughs> when they go call the case. You know what? I tell you what. I, you got, I, I need to talk to the Galaxy because I was part of that 2002 team. And I last time I walked by, I didn't see my name on that plaque. And I was like, oh, what's just going on? See what happens. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. When you go up, when you enter main entrance, the beautiful palm trees, gorgeous. To me, it's like going into heaven. Yeah. Listen, man, I had a lot of good memories there, man. A lot of good friends still there. Hey, Hercules, otra vez, gracias. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it, man. man. Thank you so Thank you much, for everything, and, and we'll catch you We'll catch you soon, man. Gracias. I have a okay, good one. Stay out there, man. Thank you. Okay, likewise. Later. All right, man. Here we go. What you guys... What? What? Like, listen, it's it's crazy. Uh, uh-huh. Like, I was bugging that when he was talking about, like, like, like how much money he made in his early part of his career. Yeah. Crazy, yeah, I was... Right? Well, Hold up. Going, going into yeah. this conversation... I felt a little better just because of the MERS conversation that he had with uh, Alexi Lalas. Alexi Lala. same, so, same, same. So that kind of put a little bit into perspective, and I was like, cool. And I've had conversations with Wait, her of the what, sorry? 
with the, the Merce, Merce, Merce and Lala story. Oh, okay. I've been going back and forth. I've been going back and forth about it, and me and Herc have had conversations regarding it. So I was a little bit more open-minded going into this conversation. But hearing his, like, struggle, not struggle, but hearing that persistence, hearing that go, yeah. go, go. His journey. It's crazy how a lot of careers wouldn't happen if you wouldn't have people in the right spot. Like his, his, yeah, his or like his, his coach, coach, like yeah. the one that told him, like, no, oh, what are you doing? Shut up. Or his homie saying, let's go to San Diego. Like, or, or, that's or, or his homie giving him a spot to, to, to yeah, yeah, here in Manhattan Beach. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, listen, like, those yeah. are, those are all, that's all destiny. I mean, like, they're, they're parts are going to be there for you. Uh, again, great interview. I get, I get to know Herc a little more so I could, Hate him less when he's talking shit. Um, I'm still gonna hate him when he's talking shit, but I hate him less. <laughs> All right. All right. Listen, banner, banter, relax, relax. No, no, I, get, you get your I know, I, I know, I get it, relax, I get it. But that's banter. the thing to you is banter. There's a lot of Galaxy fans that take Doesn't all matter. this shit seriously. Yeah. And listen, you have to understand it's his job. Like, I, I hope this, I hope this interview, the people that do take that seriously and like hate, 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 listen to this interview and understand that second, because because to us at times, oh, it was we get like, wrapped up. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. You get wrapped up in, in the emotion. You get wrapped up in all of it. But understand it's his job. Understand that this is, and by all means, we might get shit talked to. Oh, you guys are, listen, listen to his interview. And, and, yeah, and uh, adding to that, like, look, I, I didn't want to take up a lot more of his time, but I didn't start. I'm not saying I, I wanted to back him up, but I did want to allude to something that he mentioned. Steve Nichols used to be the coach for New England Revolution, and he's been on there giving New England Revolution shit before. For all these shit years, and then he went on there talking about how okay, well now they have Bruce. Obviously, it's shit that you guys—not you guys, but you know the Galaxy fans might not pay attention to. But I'm watching, you know, shows religiously. Well, obviously, right now with everything, <laughs> going on, I don't have sports, but you know, I, I used to watch. Like Rudy, you mentioned football picante on yeah. on, on on the pod a few minutes ago. I'm always on that shit. Jorge Ramos used to wanda. I mean, you name it. The ones that you know, ESPN FC, his show. I'm obviously it's hard for me to watch everything, but. Whenever I'm able to, I watch these things and I've caught episodes where you see, you know, Steve Nichols. Again, we, he was the coach of New England when we beat yeah. them yeah, yeah. In, in the in the finals of the early years. Right. Well, you, listen, you catch all the shit. And this is like me. This is why I don't. I, don't I, this is a personal thing. Right? I don't give a shit like they can say all they want. I don't put any energy into that. Right. Because I know I know better. Yeah. But a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of guys, he finds they take that shit to heart. Hey, listen, it's a lot. I, I, I'm I'm with you. Most of the time I don't give a shit. But then sometimes I get irked and, and I'm like, ah, right. I, I don't vent on Twitter like some of you do. But you know what I mean? Like again, I think, <laughs> the majority. Let's be honest here. It's the majority. But, the majority do. But but listen, but listen. What what I what I'll say is though that that this this type of interview kind of gives us a little insight into what's going on and in the insight to who he is, right? So now when 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 I read some shit, like I I probably breathe before I vent or before. Well, I the out. one thing that does bug me is he thinks the Galaxy Stadium is shit. Hey, li- listen. Yeah. Well, I, 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 our our, guys, you know, our you stadium know, is built in the interview. Yeah, in the interview, I listen, I know. When, the, when, the, stadium, three, when yeah. the stadium came out, he was it was like the shiny. It was it. He yeah. gave me like he was a part of that moment where that stadium was what everything want, everyone wanted. Listen, uh, what is it? Dallas Dallas Stadium was built based on 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 the diggity. You know well, what I mean? Like so, just about every single stadium since has been built with something from the dignity. Yeah. Right. dignity. Well, now it's called dignity, right? L- l- yeah. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we listen. We're doing double up today. We got an AJ coming. I thought it was dope. By the way, we got what the interview? Yeah, with her. I yeah. thought it was. Dope. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Listen. hell yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think we're getting the, the hang of this, so our interviews are a little more fluid. You know what I mean? Like we're figuring this out. So, well, I, I was stuck. I was like this because you know, obviously, I couldn't <laughs> yeah, see the shit. Technical so, difference. Yeah, technical so now, <laughs> yeah, I have to take a little difference too much. That's why I'm like, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but overall, it's a good. It's a good conversation, especially if an audio. It's gonna. It's gonna be real dope. Uh, we we'll keep doing shit. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you guys in a bit. We got AJ today. Yeah, we gotta gotta shit do. All right, all right, boys. Catch you guys. Uh, catch you next time. There's another motherfucking episode of Strictly Stands. I'm boy Rudy at I'm Smarts on Twitter. I'm Smarts on Twitch. I'm Smarts on the Gram. I'm George J undefeated seven. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. This is Angel. Follow me at ADF3691. And if you want to talk shit to me, follow me on my other account at Hercules Gomez. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Peace.